see everybody here today and also everyone that's tuning in on uh, Facebook Live. Thank you all for, for joining us. Uh, our text today is going to be getting some feedback somewhere. Okay. It's going to be Colossians chapter 1, verses 15b through uh, verse 7. Colossians 15, 1, 15b through verse 7. We assembled last week for the beginning of a divine convention. It's a convention that presents to us the, the real Jesus of Nazareth. Not an Americanized, not a colonized, not a ghettoized, and not a nationalized Jesus. The real Jesus. The content and message of this divine convention is in Colossians 1, verses 15 through 23. And all of its content and message, it's not a broken septic tank. If you ever had a broken septic tank, you know that there's a foul odor that comes. This convention is not that. Every word and every statement made at this convention are filled with life-changing truths, saturated with real promises and real hope. For those who are in despair. The convention kicked off last week with verse 15a. And it says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Today is going to uh, present another fact about the real Jesus. In verse 15b through 17. The fact is this. The supremacy of Jesus Christ. The supremacy of Jesus Christ. Look with me beginning in verse 15 in Colossians chapter 1. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as we come to this time, I pray that you will move. I pray that you will move in our minds and in our hearts. You are the one that lives in every Christian on the face of this earth. You live in us supernaturally. You are the one who who draws us closer to Christ. You are the one who is sanctifying us. You are the one who gives us understanding of Scripture. So for all the saints that are here and the saints that are tuning in, I pray that you would let each of them hear what they need to hear. And I pray for those that are here and those that are tuning in who do not know Jesus and faith. Say, Holy Spirit, you will open their eyes and they will see the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth for the first time. And that you will call them into saving faith. And for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, I pray that you give us a greater vision of Christ. Because some of us, have been taught things about Jesus that are just not true. So, Holy Spirit, challenge our worldview. 
challenge the things that we've always been taught or that we think we've always have known. Come in and rearrange the furniture in our minds and our heart and in our life. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Lifeway Research and Ligonier Ministries conducted a research study on the state of American theology back in 2018. They surveyed 3,002 Americans in order to measure their current theological awareness. And one of the statements in particular fits well with our message today. It says, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. 50% of of Americans surveyed agree with the statement. The percentage is higher than the one from the survey in 2016, which was 42%. So what does this communicate to y'all? It should communicate that the real Jesus Christ confuses a lot of Americans. That's what it should should communicate to y'all. The real Jesus of Nazareth confuses a lot of us. Even church-going folk. Jesus isn't created by God, which I I hope was made clear in in last week's sermon. And I believe that this particular confusion uh, about Jesus comes when you read verse 15b along with 15a. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Do you see the potential confusion? Do you see how this statement could could, could lead to a possible contradiction to every word that I preached last week? Paul appears to affirm what 47% of Americans believe about Jesus, that he's the first and greatest being created by God, if he's the firstborn of all creation. It looks that way on the surface, but that's not the case. That's not Paul's point. That's not the point he's making. The concert, the concept firstborn, I want you to think about it like a penny with two sides, heads and tails. On the head side, firstborn refers to actual birth, the actual birth of a firstborn child in your family. So if you're the oldest child here today in your family, then you're firstborn. Now the tail side of the penny has to do with birthright. Birthright is about status, rank, position. It's about rights and privileges and inheritance. Isaac is an Old Testament saint with twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau is first born by birth. He's born before his twin brother Jacob. Genesis 25, verses 25 and 26 gives us a description of their birth. Esau comes out of his mother's womb red. His whole body is covered in a hairy cloak. And afterwards, his brother Jacob comes out with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. Esau is being born first is the head side of the penny. And now y'all know the history. Some of you may know the history. Esau sells something to his younger brother Jacob. He doesn't sell the fact that he was born first. He can't undo the birth order. That's done. And that's, that's carved in history. It's, it's a done deal. What he does is that he sells side 
B of the penny. He sells the tail side of the penny to his younger brother. He sells his birthright to Jacob. His status, his rank, and position within the family. He sells his status, his benefits, his inheritance, and his privileges away. This tail side of firstborn is also highlighted in Psalm 89, verses 26 and 27. It says, he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and, my, and the rock of my salvation. Listen to this. I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. The words here, firstborn here, and, and the words highest king of the earth is talking about rank, position, and honor, not being born first. It's birthright, not birth order. Saints and guests, Paul isn't is not addressing birth order in verse 15b. He's not talking about Jesus' actual birth. He's not talking about the incarnation and the virgin birth. He's addressing the tail side of the penny, the birthrights of Christ. Christ has all the birthrights of a firstborn son. That's a, I, I wish I'd get to a place where I don't have to use this, 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 this right here. Jesus has all the birthrights of a firstborn son. The rank, the position, and the status. The honor, the privileges, the inheritance, and the benefits. The power, the rule, and the authority of all, all the firstborn sons. And he had never pulled an Esau and sell his birthrights away. That's an amen statement. The real Jesus of Nazareth. Now, your Plato Jesus may sell his, but the real Jesus of Nazareth isn't going to sell his birthrights to you. Let those words register in your mind and let them take root in your heart. He isn't going to sell his birthrights to any particular ethnic group, nationality, or culture. He isn't going to sell his birthrights to the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, of the Libertarian Party. He's not going to sell his birthrights to, to, to any of the world's economic and government systems. He's not going to sell his birthrights to any Christian church and denomination. And nor will he sell his birthrights to the United States of America. His birthrights belong exclusively to him. Period. He won't ever sell them away, and nor will he share them. think about that. He won't sell them and he will not share them. Jesus is like Erica Badu with his birthrights. He says, y'all better call Tyrone because these birthrights belong to me alone. They're mine. There's only one king on this hill and he doesn't need a second in command. And that's something that the church in America needs to understand, particularly uh, evangelicalism. You're not Jesus' second in command. He doesn't need a number two. doesn't need a yes man. doesn't need an entourage. doesn't need a crew. He doesn't need anybody to protect him. Jesus doesn't sell or share his birthrights because he doesn't have to to fulfill his mission. And what's his mission? It's not to make America great again. His mission is the cosmic redemption and restoration of all things. All 
of creation. Even the Imago Day in America, even in the Imago Day in humanity, is redeemed and restored by Christ alone. Please understand something that Jesus, the real Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth he's about that life. A life that says in John 6:38, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Amen. Now, are you about that life? A life that says my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. A life that says in Luke 22, verse 43, your will be done, not mine. Are you about that life? Because Christ is about that life, which is bigger than us. Which is bigger than us. Remember who Jesus is. He's the image of of the invisible God. He's the selfie of God. He's the resi- the radiance of God's glory. The exact imprint of his nature. Everything the Bible says about God is also true about Jesus. He's God's only begotten son. The eternal, natural son of God. The Nicene Creed written in 325 B.C. says of Christ, begotten from the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made of the same essence as the Father. That is Jesus. That is the real Jesus. The J.B. Phillips translation. J.B. Phillips translation of Colossians 1, 15b says, Jesus existed before creation began. The NIV translation says, Jesus is firstborn over creation. In John five, John eight fifty eight, Christ says, "Before Abraham was, I am." A friend of mine shared with me a song by the late artist Prince this week on Facebook. I've never heard this song before, even though it was released in two thousand and nine. The, the, this old, but the lyrics are fire, and they're culturally relevant. The song is titled "Colonize Mine." Colonize mine. Listen to these lyrics. Upload the master race ideal, genetically deposed to rule the world. Download a future full of isolated, full of isolated boys and girls. Upload a two-party system, the lesser of two dangers, the illusion of choice. Download a veiled form of fascism. Nothing really ever changes. You never had a voice. Listen to me one time. If you look, you're going to find throughout mankind's history a colonized mind. The one in power makes the law under which the colonized fall. But without God, it's just the blind leading the blind. Who knew Prince was a prophet? Who knew? Who knew? Saints and and, and guests uh, throughout the history of mankind, nations, governments, political parties, social movements, and ethnic groups have made claims of superiority over each other. Just look at history. Human beings are prone to self-crown superiority, that we crown ourselves as being superior to anyone or anything else. And these self-crowned superiorities are, are lived out and how people treat one another who, are, who they deem to be inferior to them. 
It's lived out in how you treat people you think you're better than. It's lived out in the systems that benefits one group of people and marginalize others and sometimes oppress them. Our country history shows this to be true. Present-day realities in our country prove this to be true. Don't let progress fool you. Don't let a whitewashed history deceive you. In our country, that we have all kinds of self-crowned superiority. We do. There's ethnic superiority, like white supremacy, economic superiority, educational superiority, cultural superiority, theological superiority, gender superiority, social class superiority, national superiority. We even have political superiority where certain pastors and church leaders teach if you don't vote for this party's candidate, you ain't a real Christian. Let me put a bug in your ear. Let me tell y'all a little something, something. Self-crowned superiorities about human beings are false notions. They're lies from the armpit of hell. They're trash. They belong in the landfill. They're frauds who are deceiving you. These self-crowns, they're really self-righteousness, and they won't save you. All of your self-crowned superiorities are idols that you worship because you have a colonized mind and don't even know it. Some of y'all aren't free. You're still trapped in the matrix. The divine convention that you are attending is here to set you free. The two conventions y'all watched a week ago, they want you to stay with a colonized mind. Do you want your colonized mind to be set free from your self-crowned superiorities? Do you want to be free? And if so, you have to accept what this divine convention is presenting to y'all about the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the only one who can make any claims of superiority. The only one. He alone reigns supreme. He's at the top of the food chain. He is superior to all your false self-claimed crowns of superiority. He is superior to all of them. Do you believe it? Do you accept it? Do you surrender to it? All your self-crowned superiorities are idols, and Jesus is superior to them. They're really your God. They will never save you. Never save you. Jesus' birthright is superior to your crown. His rank is superior to your crown. His position is superior to your crown. His swag is superior. His status is superior. His style is superior. His walk is superior. His suffering is superior. His preaching is superior. His ministry is superior. Do y'all get the point? If not, I continue. His honor is superior. His work, his privilege, his inheritance, his mission are all superior to yours. His benefits, his power, his rule, his authority is superior to yours. His words are superior. Jesus is superior to all of creation, and that includes all people, all nations, all false gods. Again, do you believe it? Do you accept it? Do you submit to it? Who is Jesus that you worship? Is it this Jesus who doesn't need you to correct him in your own image? He's in the image of the invisible God, not you. 
not your country, not your culture, not your movement. Cosmic redemption is for all of creation, not just one particular country. All of it. Some of you in attendance in this divine convention are skeptical. You're asking yourselves these questions. What's Jesus' platform to show that he's superior to, to everyone and everything? I mean, what has he actually done? Well, what's Jesus' record? What's his bowling record? Great question. The Apostle Paul has answers. And he's going to turn over rocks and stones to give you these answers. So what is his platform? What is Jesus' record? What has Jesus done? Jesus Christ is creator of the very creation you worship. Look at verse 16. Watch Paul turn over rocks and stones. He says, for in Christ all things were created. And in the Greek, all things mean all things. If you still don't get it, he turns over more stones. He says, Jesus created all things in heaven and on earth. And if you're still having troubles, then don't worry. He turns over some more. He says, Jesus created all things visible and all things invisible, spiritual things, material things, physical things. And if y'all still confused, he says he created all things. For the thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities, heavenly ones, earthly ones, spiritual ones, physical, physical ones. For Christ, for all things were created through God's eternal Son, Jesus Christ, for him. So creation is his platform. Creation is his work. Creation is what he has done. And all those self-crowns of superiority that you wear cannot make these claims. Because you're not God, he is. He is God. If you think Jesus always sides with your side, then that is not the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is your Plato Jesus. If you're mad, don't get mad with me. Get mad with Christ. I'm just a messenger. We ain't got to like it, but it's the truth. Man, I lost my space. All right, here we go. Psalm 2 says, Why do nations rage and the people plot in vain? This is Christ speaking. The kings of the earth sit themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and, and cast their cars from us. And guess what Christ does? Guess, guess, what, he, guess what he does? He, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in contempt. He who sits in heaven says, pity the fools who sets themselves up as my equal or as my superior. Jesus laughs at all your self-crowned superiority. He holds us in contempt for them. Jesus says to y'all, the gravity that holds y'all down is mine. What you got? What you got? The air you breathe is mine. The water you drink is mine. The ocean you swim in is mine. The ground you walk on is mine. The rain that waters your crops and, and fields is mine. So what do y'all have? What are you bringing to the table? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
all of your self-crowned superiorities is sinking sand in comparison to the supremacy of Jesus Christ. You need to recognize the game of Jesus of Nazareth. The earth rotates at his whisper. The seasons change at the snap of his finger. The sun rises and sets at the wave of his hand. The atheist continues in his disbelief because Christ allows it. Please know that. The governments govern because Jesus allows them to govern. Nations rule because Christ allows it. And our upcoming election is going to turn out the way he wants it to. But you need you still need to get your butts out and vote. Don't fall asleep on Jesus. Christians in America, don't fall asleep on him. He has everything under control every day, all day. Verse 17 says, and Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That is either true or that is a lie. What do you believe? What do you believe, Christians in America? Is Jesus before all things? Is Jesus still holding all things together? Or is everything falling apart? We are called to live by faith, not by sight. Jesus is the sustainer of his creation, even your life. He continues to hold all things together. Evil can't stop him. Sin can't stop him. Corruption can't stop him. Racism can't stop him. Systemic injustice can't stop him. Not even death can stop him. Y'all are getting on my nerves now. Come on. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I always wondered how could my ancestors embrace the Christianity of this land? And my answer is they embrace the real Christianity, not the one that was given to them. My ancestors worship and love this Jesus, not the Plato Jesus that was presented to them. Because of this, all of you who are afraid and fearful right now within our toxic culture, you can have hope. You can have hope. Christians right in America should be the most hopeful people in the world, in, in, in this country. But we're not because we're not worshiping the real Jesus. We're just, we're just as fearful as the unbeliever. Because we don't even believe our own theology and our own Bible. To all my minorities here and watching on Facebook Live, you can have hope. To all my fellow black people here, and you can and, and watch it. You can have hope despite what is happening in our culture. You can have hope because of who Jesus is. Do you believe that? Because of the real Christ of Nazareth, we all 
can, can sing this song by the late James Cleveland that says, I don't feel no way past. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We don't feel no ways tired. We've come too far from where we started. Nobody has told us the road would be easy. And we cannot believe he brought us this far to leave. He has not brought us this far to leave. Either this stuff is true or it's filled with lies. Again, Christian, what do you believe? What do you really believe? Who do you believe in? What Jesus do you worship? Some of you need to go and meet him for the very first time. Because everything you've been taught about has been a lie. Go to him. If you don't know him, he's here for you. If you're struggling with unbelief, he tells you to come home. If you're depressed and if you're lonely and if you feel lost, if you're fatigued and if you're tired, go to Jesus. He asked the apostles, do you want to leave too? What did Peter say? No, for you have the words of life. No, he has the words of life still today at this moment. Do you believe? Do you believe? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, you, 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 uh, you're too good. I need to, I need, I need to just say, please forgive my unbelief. Because I doubt you. Please forgive my unbelief because from circumstance to circumstance, I doubt you. Whenever I look at the news, I doubt you. Mm, Help my unbelief. Help my fear. Help my doubts. Help all of us who call upon your name. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that as we go back out this week, that we will step out with a greater assurance of, of who our Jesus is. That he reigns supreme despite what we see and feel. The world and our feelings do not dictate who Jesus is. It does not. Thank you for that. You are a real God who is always good, always faithful, always at work. So help us, help our unbelief. It's in Christ's name that I do pray. Will y'all please?